Well, hello everyone, and welcome to The Mystic Show. My name is Chris Curran, and this is the show all about spirituality, mindfulness, and actually a lot of self-help. If you've listened to any of the other episodes, uh, you can tell that this show is all about not only these esoteric concepts and um, and what I call the unseen and otherworldly, but it's really about taking these concepts and putting them into practical use in our lives so we can benefit from the balance that spirituality gives us, you know, from our, from the crazy, relentless material life that we all have to lead, right? There's no avoiding it. So our website is themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net. We do the show every morning, every weekday morning uh, at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, which is New York City time. And uh, we're going to find out in a minute what time that is in the UK, because <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Uh, and we replay the show twice in the evening on the, the Fractal Stream, which is, if you're listening live, that's where you're listening to us on, the Fractal Stream. That's our internet radio station. And we also have a phone number, which you can find on the website, and you can give us a call. So if you have a question for me or for our guest, uh, feel free to pick up the phone and give us a call. And um, we promise we'll be nice and and well-behaved. <laughs> so uh, what else? Well, on our website, themysticshow.net, you can also see all the previous episodes we've had. So they're all archived there. You can browse through the titles, which is which will let you know the topics that we talked about. And you can just look for topics that interest you and click play. It's really that easy. So, so today's show is going to be a little different than the other shows because we are so honored and fortunate to have a wonderful guest in studio. And this is, uh, her name is Sandra Marie Humby. And I met her last Friday night, yeah, almost a week ago, at the uh, Holistic Evening Expo out in uh, Alamoochee at Rutherford Hall. And um, so Sandra Marie Humby, she's an energy alchemist and educator. She's a pranic healer. She's a pranic psychotherapist. And she's also the creator of Rose Alchemy. And this is this is what we're going to focus on today, Rose Alchemy. It's a totally unique healing and personal spiritual development program uh, with 34 powerful rose frequencies that can heal hearts and transform lives. So, so Sandra, welcome to the Mystic Show. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Yes. So you're. Uh, this is great. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, it's a pleasure. This it's is, a pleasure. Yeah. So you're. You live in the UK. I do. I live in the south of the UK, just uh, sort of south of London, and. Uh, I have to say that New Jersey and being over here is it feels a bit like a second home. I love it. Oh, nice. And and so let's get this out of the way right away. 7 a.m. here is what time in the UK? It's 12 noon. 12 noon. All right. So if you're on your lunch hour, you can listen to the Mystic show. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. So so we have a lot of stuff to talk about here. Um I think we're going to talk a lot about Rose Alchemy because I'm really interested in that, but but let's first talk about pranic healing because um Maybe we can just talk about what it is, because really, I mean, I I know the idea of prana and um, 
it's the life force, right? Or it's chi or whatever. But yeah. but talk about pranic healing. Um, just give us an introduction to pranic healing. Yeah, well, pranic healing is an energy healing modality that works um, in the energy fields of the body. It's not a hands-on healing modality like um, like Reiki. Um, a lot of people have heard of Reiki, and you know, pranic healing util- utilizes the same. Uh, universal life force energy, but it uses it in a particular way. And it's um, a very unique and very powerful healing modality that was developed by a Chinese Chinese Filipino um, energy master called Master Choa Koksui. And there are now pranic healers all over the world using the, the techniques that he's developed and, and, and shared with us. And I started with um, energy healing modalities in 1993. I started with Reiki and then trained on in, into an Egyptian form of energy healing called Sakem. Mm-hmm. And these are both um, hands-on energy healing modalities. The, the, the practitioner works right on the body. Mm-hmm. And in 2000, uh, I was working with a, a woman um, down in Dar es Salaam who had had a brain tumour. And she sent me an old photocopied manuscript that a friend of her father's had. And it was, you know, still in rupees. Mm. But it was one of the original books that Master Choa had written. And I looked at the picture of him and I read the specific techniques that he used. And it was like the light bulb moment. And I had to go and find this man. <laughs> and he's based in the Philippines. Um, but there was um, a, a, a conference on Vancouver Island, and I ended up having never flown long haul before on my own, mm. and, p- and never met another pranic healer. But I knew I had to be there, and I pitched up on Vancouver Island, and the rest is history, so to speak. I I met Master Chur, and I trained um, very rapidly, actually, in in all of the basic foundations of this work. So what you learn to do is to scan the energy centers, the chakras of the body, and be able to tell their condition. Mm. So you can tell the balance, the, the, um, the relationship between the different chakras and energy systems, and therefore you can find out where there's imbalances for someone. And Master Chua, um has a very unique way of um, sharing the work so that you actually learn to clear and um, balance the chakras. Mm, that's great. So it's such a subtle energy. And do you, have you always had this natural ability to sort of feel energy? Or have you always been an intuitive type of person? Um, I, I think it's developed as I've got older. Um, for, uh, for about 18 years, actually, I was a couture wedding dress designer. And my curiosity was... Uh, you know the, the the woman's story when she came into my my shop. You know how did you meet your beloved? How did you meet this magical person that you're wanting to spend the rest of your life with? And everybody had a unique story. And during that time, um, it sort of dovetailed with my my training in energy healing modalities. So I guess it was sort of like a, a continuum. Mm-hmm. And my curiosity about our journey here and. The stories that we, um, we we find ourselves running because we, we you know we we each have um, we, it's like we come in with a soul code which holds um, 
you know, our, our gifts. Like a blueprint? Yeah, like a blueprint. So it holds our gifts and it also holds the areas of soul mastery that we're wanting to to work with. And life will unfold for us and we'll, we'll, we'll land <laughs> here with a genetic code that will activate the, the issues for us. Mm. So there is this curiosity about life. What, you know, how... What has formed us? What has made us who we are? What has activated our passions? What has created uh, challenges for us in our, in our journey? And I mean, the tools that I, I work with now, the pranic healing, the pranic psychotherapy and the rose alchemy work, these are energy transformers and they help us bit by bit to come more and more to the heart. Mm. I love, obviously, this whole topic. That's why I started this show. Uh, and it, I think it's great because it really helps us to focus on um, the subtler, unseen aspects of our lives, which, right, are so important. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we, 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 we make decisions, we make choices from the, the stories that we run. And, and sometimes we can make, make choices that actually don't take us in the journey that we had quite thought, um, you know, and that can be positive or negative, you know, depending on where the route takes us. Right. So you've probably met and worked with many folks who, can you tell if someone has taken a wrong turn off the path and do you help them come back or is it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's probably not, there is not a wrong turn okay. as such. It, 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 it's, you know, if if the heart is our magnetic organ, if, if if the condition of the heart is how we can read one another, um, it's how we kn- we know whether we're comfortable with somebody or not. Then the heart um, draws to us the people and the op- opportunities and the experiences that that make up our day to day life. So if we've got um, some some hidden story some hidden experience that that keep us in a sort of a contracted place in our lives then we will attract to us the opportunities and the experiences that will will illuminate that for us and mm. um, and maybe not in such a comfortable way so the more we can be bright the more we can be positive the more we can be open to looking at our stuff the more we stand the opportunity of <clears throat> a really sort of positive, joyful experience, mm. in my experience. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So how did you, 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 what, you were a wedding dress? Uh, designer. Yeah. Designer, okay. Yeah. And so wh- how did you make a shift from that to what you're doing now? Well, I had two shops in, in the UK, and I don't know, I just, I think there was just like this inner voice that, that w- was sort of trundling around in the background that went, this is not, you know, this is not your path for life. This is part of your path. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, rich wisdom. I mean, I was very good at what I did. I, I worked with silk and antique textile. And the last collections I did were working with numerology and semi-precious stones. So I would take the birth date of the bride and the groom and look at their gifts. What, what did they come to dance together in this relationship? What was the share? So there was always this curiosity mm. ab- about the magnetics of, of life, the magnetics of attraction. And 
you know, as I say, I'd, I'd started with energy healing modalities in 93. I'd started with Reiki. So when the girls came for their fitting, I was actually working right on the body, mm. you know, making, doing the fittings on the dresses. And they'd say, um, oh, I feel so much better. You know, I can't wait to come back for my next fitting. Mm. And I realized then that they were getting a blast of energy every time they came for <laughs> a fitting. And of course, my, my team too. I had seven people in my workroom and, and Monday morning would set itself up as, as a, um, you know, a counseling session before we started into the frocks. Mm. So there was, I don't know, probably I was mother hen and the chicks, but, mm. um, you know, I was, I was helping them um, see their stuff, see their well-being. Um, and it's all that, how that affected the way they worked in the workroom. So... I don't know. I just got to the I got to the end of 1999, and I thought, you know, I'm basically frocked out here. <laughs> I, I re- something else needs to manifest. Like that term, frocked yeah, out. <laughs> I, I, I'd made hundreds of frocks, thousands of frocks for 18 mm. years, and it just felt that there was another impulse, and that really, you know, has taken me on a very rich weave. Some of it um, really joyful, some <laughs> of it not quite so. That's interesting. You know, the same same sort of uh, impasse <clears throat> happened in my life mm-hmm. when I was working for my family business and I was selling roofing and siding. And pretty, you know, over a short period of time realized that, you know, that's really not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And nothing against that work. And, you know, mm-hmm. my family business, they're doing great. They love it. Uh, but it just wasn't for me. And, and so I kind of Actually, I, I'm one of those people who, you know, they say don't quit a job until you have another job. I, I don't heed that warning. <laughs> I just said, <laughs> I just uh, left the company and tried to figure out what I was going to do. And that sort of led me on my path to uh, personal development, writing my book, and now having my own studio. So that's yeah. very interesting. How often do you come to the, the U.S.? Usually twice a year, mm. somewhere about sort of May, June time and October, September, October. And you do like classes and workshops all the time, right? Yeah, I do. In the in the UK, um, I've got a, a steady stream of. I'm I'm, I'm a licensed um, pranic healing instructor, which is um, not necessarily an easy thing to get. You know, you you you, you they have to have, have vetted your ability. Unlike a sort of a Reiki teacher, a Reiki master, you know, you can go and train in Reiki, and then you, you can teach. With pranic healing, they're very specific as to who they will give a license to. You have to have a license mm. um, to be a pranic healing instructor. And um, all of my Rose Alchemy work uh, runs on a cycle in the UK as well. And I'm just finishing a book and the actual cards themselves are going to be professionally printed, whereas I've I've been hand creating these things up till now. Yeah, the cards is that we're, we really were going to get into the cards and, and into the rose alchemy. Um, I think we'll just take uh, a quick little break um, right here, real fast, uh, and we'll be right back uh, with the Mystic Show. Yes. 
All right. Thank you to Bjork for that little musical interlude, like someone in love. And uh, you're listening to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net, and you can see all our past episodes, and you can check out all the cool topics we've been speaking about, all the guests we've had. And it's You can also contact us through the website. It's uh, the Contact Us page. You can send us a note. And you can call the show. You can call the show right now if you're listening live. And uh, if you have a question for me or our guest, Sandra Marie Humby, go ahead and give us a call. I'll give you the number. Uh, 973-498-8033. And that number's on the website, too. So we're really happy today to have Sandra Marie Humby with us. She's an energy alchemist and pranic healer and the creator of Rose Alchemy. And uh, you're spending a few few weeks here on this trip, right? Um, it's about, uh, yeah, it's a couple of weeks. And when you come here to the U.S., you, like, you line up workshops and seminars and stuff and programs and you just kind of so you're real busy when you're here right <laughs> i'm very busy when i'm here and and actually um i've been bringing the rose alchemy program over for the last three years and so what we've 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 built up is a very nice rosy tribe ah uh, nice yeah it's uh, you know i mean just a beautiful group of um uh, amazing um what women and and men who are um, just open to the way that the rose can work with them. And, and something has obviously called them. You know, the, the rose speaks to the heart. And so, uh, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting coming here and just sort of building, you know, building the, the connections and building the work and just getting amazing transformations for people. Um, you know, the, the rose... Um, there's a lot of people around the world working with the rose. I mean, it, it, it's 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 like a frequency band, and for those that have got the the radio receivers for it, mm. it you know, it 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 lands. And um, I, I was really fortunate. I mean, the rose has woven her way through my life. Um, my my grandfather was a professional gardener down in the south of England, and he had a a, a sacred rose garden really in uh, in front of the front room window. And um, he he had a uh, his ro- his house was on a, an unmade up road, um, at, at, which was um, used by the forest animals. Mm. So it, he had a little shovel that he kept by the gate, which he would would run out to get hot manure for his roses. <laughs> and uh, you know, nice. I I realized realized pretty pretty early on that roses actually thrive on manure. So you can see that they're, they're definitely energy transformers because yeah. they and can transform that to flower and blossom and beauty and whatever. And that's a person who really loves what he does, uh, having the <laughs> shovel there. <laughs> exactly. And his wife, my grandmother, was Rosa Kate. Um, mm. So the roses. And of course, obviously, when I made the wedding dresses, um, you know, the rose comes up a lot for women, you know, in their in their thoughts about about weddings because the rose is so much um, about the beauty and and um, the, the delicateness of, in some ways of the feminine. So, uh, you know, we made thousands of, of res- um, roses to go on the dresses and actually the, the girl that used to manage dress the shop for me was called Rosemary. <laughs> so I've been surrounded by it. But wow. um, about uh, five years ago, 
I'd really found myself drawing, drawn to photographing roses. They seemed to pop up all over the place for me. And I ended up on a trip to the Alhambra in Spain at rose time. Mm. And the rose gardens in the Alhambra, I really would recommend. They are absolutely exquisite. Not only have you got Mediterranean sunshine and warmth, but there's just, they're beautiful. And there's, there's sort of um, channels of water going through almost like little rooms that are just filled with roses. And the Alhambra is just outside of Granada. Um, it's, um, it, it's in Andalusia and is um, um, a very rich cultural place. Um, it, there was a real mix of the Moors and the Jews and the Christians. So the architecture is really stunning. And of course, you know, if you look at all of the Sufi um, stories and the Sufi mystics like, like Rumi and Saadi, they wax lyrical about the rose. It was so much into the poetry and this sort of mystic um, uh, approach to life, the mystery of life. The, um, so anyway, I picked that there at rose time with my, you know, my favourite camera, and all of a sudden the roses were going like, "Oh, photograph me! No, 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 no! Photograph me, <laughs> me, me!" And I came back uh. with this this amazing. Um, selection of rose images and a couple of days after I got back there was just this little voice that went off in my head you know um you'll put 11 of us together and work with us mm. and I didn't question it you know I didn't think okay I'm losing the plot here <laughs> I just went down to the computer and just started gathering these 11 roses that wanted to come together and one by one they told me how they wanted to work and where in the body they worked mm. um so that was really how it started. Wow. And, and wow, so was it easy to choose the 11? Or did it just happen naturally? It just sort of happened naturally. But, you know, like with all of us, I mean, you know, the head kicks in and goes, well, that's a really good photo. <laughs> and the roses were going, nope, not that one. Nope, oh. not that one. And, you know. Interesting. Um, so it, they were very definite as to which of the roses wanted to play together. And and so they, what they did was they created this healing grid. This this um, so that each of the roses will sit into a different chakra. Um, and what is so magical? I mean, I I then they then took me on a journey, mm. you know, because I mean it's it's physician heal thyself. Mm. So I had to understand the power of these roses and and just the the transformation that they can create in the energy fields. And that's down to the geometry of the rose. Ah, yes, the geometry, which is, well, I won't say it's how we met, but when we were at the um, the holistic evening expo, and and by the way, just let's give a quick little a little uh, showcase of gratitude to Renee Jensen, who not only organized that event but is also hosting you on your trip, right? Yeah, I've been coming over and staying with Renee um, for the last well, actually five last five or six years. A definite a rose sister and a soul sister. Nice. Um, so I just love it. Love and she does space clearing and feng shui, and her website is designharmony.com, which I checked out a little bit, Renee. And Renee's here, but she's she's not on the mic today. But uh, so, Sandra, I met you at the event, and I walked up to your table, mm -hmm. and I saw a couple, I saw the roses, and I know, I know about a little bit about roses because I've, um, I bought a bunch of DVDs from this man named Dan Winter. And I love, I 
was all into his teaching. I still am. I have. I'm almost all the way through the DVDs. You buy DVDs from him. He sends you like 30 DVDs in the mail. <laughs> it's like, man, this is going to take a lot of time. Yeah. Because it's not like it's light stuff either. It's not no. like you can breeze through it. No. Um, anyway, I picked up your card, and on your card is um, is the I don't know what you call it the spirals. Uh, the of the uh, probably the dodecahedron, right? It's actually the golden mean heart geometry. Yeah, the golden mean heart geometry, and it's a it's a graphic. Well, tr- I'll try and put this graphic on the post of this show, just so folks can see it, or else they can go to your website. Yes. Which, by the way, your website I don't know if I gave it yet. It's interioralchemy.co.uk. Yeah, or they can get it get there on rosealchemy.com. Rosealchemy.com will way show you to. Interior Alchemy. My, my, I've got a rosealchemy.com website that's a work in progress right now. Perfect. Rosealchemy.com. And anyway, so it's this geometry that I'm so interested in, the golden mean and everything. Was that part of you getting on, getting into the roses as you have, or was that parallel, or how did that happen? I think I've been interested in geometry since a child. My favorite uh, toy as a child was a spirograph. Uh-huh. So, I, you know, I... Geometry has always been of an interest to me. The the rose is is a particular geometry. The rose um, opens her five sepals that you know cover the bud, not in a consecutive way. She she opens the sepals just like you would draw a five pointed star. Now the five pointed star has got a direct connection to this geometry called the golden mean, and the golden mean is is a really powerful and beautiful geometry. And as you're mentioning, the work of Dan Winter, um, Dan has done a lot of uh, research and has identified that the heart in love also resonates to this golden mean geometry. And this is a ratio. It's a ratio of 1 to 1.61803 recurring. And it's not a stable geometry. It's a dynamic geometry. And uh, what I realized as I started working with the roses that their connection to this golden mean geometry was part of the re- well is the reason that they work as they do and why a, a gift of the rose touches the heart mm. because even at an unconscious level the geometry of the rose reminds our body of its perfection and also our hearts because when 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 we feel that vibration of love in our hearts this is the, the the ratio. This is the geometry that Dan Winter has 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 identified. And you know, there's something here that touches us. Mm. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. Now you mentioned there's eleven pictures of the roses that you chose, mm. and you started printing them on cards. And I want to hear about the cards. But you said each one corresponds to a chakra. Yes. But most. Most people know that or think that there's seven chakras. So is that? Yeah, I mean, I followed what the roses were guiding me to. But actually, um, I'll go back to pranic healing. Pranic healing uses more than seven chakras. And in pranic healing, there is a, a, a front solar plexus and a back solar plexus and a front heart and a back heart. And, I, you know, without being conscious of what I was doing, what was I was finding with it? There were there were two roses that were going, and I work on the heart, and I work on the solar plexus, and I've realised now that they one's holding a yin charge and one's holding a yang charge, so there is the, the you know I I suppose because the roses came in f- for me in in a sort of a merge with my journey, 
pranic healing has been such a key part in my understanding of um, working with energy healing that the roses fell into that format Mm. and it just makes sense to me there's a rose that sits on the spleen there's a rose that sits on the liver and one that sits on the pineal gland so you know there yeah there's 11 that sit together as a grid that's great and and do the excuse me do you go through them in order when you work with them uh sometimes Sometimes, I mean, when I'm when I'm teaching, when I'm sharing the classes, then yes, um, because there's a format that that I've been gu- as I've been guided to put this program together. There is a format by which they want to be shared, and it's a build upon format so that there is uh, a, a solidity, a, a groundedness to what I'm sharing. But when I'm you know working at, at home in my 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 home in Hampshire in England, uh, I have um, a treatment room, a therapy room. So clients come in, and I, I spend time with them eliciting the stories. So I want to understand what the threads are, mm. and um, and then they come into the therapy room, and I have all thirty four of the rose energies out on my treatment couch, and I encourage the client to look through these energies and see which of the roses dance which of the roses come out and you know want to be worked with right and and then they they select them and it's absolutely uncanny chris because what that what happens is the roses that they've pull out absolutely mirror <laughs> what they've been talking about and then some of them go under the under the pillow when they go onto the couch and some of them go under the couch depending if they're very dynamic mm. very active roses and that's how I work. So I work with them with the pranic healing, and I work with the rose alchemy. Wow. Very good. I want to ask you more about that. Um, we are going to take a quick break, but I, I just want to quickly mention that on your um, on your website, um, is you have a class calendar, right? Yes. So you kind of list where you are, what you're doing. Okay, so folks can find it there. And again, mm-hmm. the website is rosealchemy.com. Yep. Does that forward to the other site now? Yes, it does. It does, yeah. yeah. And you're also on Twitter, at Rose Alchemy. I, I followed you this morning. Oh, I have another follower. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back.
So thank you to uh, Enya for that little song. Again, it's a song by her, which I cannot pronounce. <laughs> I would spell it for you, but anyway, it's on the album, The Memory of Trees. And uh, you're listening to The Mystic Show. My name is Chris Curran, and our website is themysticshow.net. You, you can also call us on the phone if you have a question for me or uh, Sandra. Our number is 973-498-8033. And uh, our guest today is Sandra Marie Humby. She's an energy alchemist and the creator of Rose Alchemy, which is what we're talking about, these roses, right? So Indeed. you printed the roses on cards. Yes. Right? So that's how you share them? And do, do people who attend your events, do they get the cards like to take home and stuff? Absolutely. So initially those 11 roses came together. And, um, and so I, I, I handmade, handmade little silk, silk bags to, to hand them out with. And, and so, yes, people, people come to the classes and they learn how to work with the roses. And they end up with a healing grid so they can do self-healing. Oh, nice. Mm. Okay, so there's the ele- now. Are all the roses different colors? Because I actually haven't seen them. Yep, they're all different colors, and they're all different forms of rose. So, you know, you get some that are very sort of the hybrid tea, very formed roses, and some of that are real big, blousy, you know, old English roses. Mm-hmm. And it just each one of them has got a different quality to it. So, although you know, when, if you look at aromatherapy, for instance, you know, the rose um, has got a very, very high frequency, mm. about 328 hertz. Mm. And our little brains are 78 hertz. I mean, you know, the rose oil is, is used for anointing kings and queens and um, is is a very high frequency oil. And I mean, it's it's a second mortgage to have to, to buy a bottle too. I mean, it's incredibly expensive. <laughs> wow. Because, you know, it's it's... It takes so many rose petals, uh, rose petals, to just make the tiniest amount of rose oil. Really, really amazing. So, so yeah, the roses—they're um, all—they've all got just sort of slightly different qualities about them, and you know, it's incredible when you start to share these in a group that some people have a really powerful reaction against one rose or another. You know, they—they, mm. they, you know really don't get it or it's it's like um uh ah oh, really don't like that rose uh-huh. and you you know i know immediately that the emotional issue that's connected into that rose is exactly what they need to work with because it's you know we we we, we can have quite a reactive effect on things that that actually are almost a mirror for us uh-huh. yeah we you know we can find ourselves um you know, looking at things, or even with foods, you know, to 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 really not be drawn to a certain food, but actually, it's that food that might be one of our greatest healers. So, you know, it's it, it's very interesting watching how these group dyna- this these dynamics play out in the groups that come together. Yeah, and it seems to be all about energy, um, like sort of vibrating with a, another energy, and that's how you can tell what the issues are. And and it's all uh, basically corroborated by what they're saying, right? People end up talking about what's their issue, and then they pick the rose that's that unknowingly pick the same rose for that issue. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you know that the, the heart is. You know, we we've spoken of this that the heart is is a, is a magnetic organ, and it it 
um, the, the vibration of the heart, the spectrum of vibration that's, that's actually held on the heart is the sum total of the condition of the rest of our chakras. So, you know, it's like that song, I, you know, I can see your true colours. Um, you know, when, when we're in a really bright, shiny place, we're really vibrant, um, multicoloured mm. um, energy beings. And, and, you know, when we've got stuff, when we're processing stuff, the colour go, colours go off. Mm. Or, if, you know, if we've had trauma in our lives, there will be a certain energy centre in the body where we've actually stored the, the pattern. And what I find with pranic healing is that, you know, with pranic healing, you, you learn to scan the different energy centers, the chakras and so on. And in my experience, what we do when we don't want to deal with something is we push it behind us, we push it into our back. Mm. So if I scan the back heart chakra of a client, often there's like little tags that I can feel in the back heart chakra. And if I just very gently pull those... The, I'll, I'll see energetically where that that story goes, where the person has blocked it down into the body. Sometimes it's the liver, sometimes it's into the reproductive organs, um, sometimes it's the throat. Um, it, it, we, we store these these um, memories at a cellular level in the in our in the organs in the chakras, and what I do is I work with the roses energetically because I know where they sit in the body. So energetically, I'm able to put the rose, which we know oscillates to this golden mean, which is the growth proportion of our bodies. It's, it's, it's um, the growth proportion of nature. And so that the, the rose spins and oscillates in the um, chakra or the organ and releases the story. So if I then pull the ticker tape, like a tag that comes out of the, of the back heart chakra, it releases the story. Mm. So I don't need to know what the story is. But all I know is that the, the, the actual cells in the chakra or in the organ change. They start to fill with light. Mm. And so they, they start to um, remind the body of its perfection. They remind the body of its original blueprint. And as the story is released out of the heart, so the heart can open. Because when we've got stories, that the heart stays in slight defended, a slightly defended place. Mm. And we're really moving into this time when this is a very heart-centered um, uh, unfolding. And if we look at the th you know the three third-dimensional reality of our day-to-day -day activity, we've been very much head-centered in uh, in our thinking things through, valuing the intellect, valuing um, uh, knowledge. And it's actually the heart that holds the wisdom and the inner tuition, the intuition that, that really needs to be our guide in these coming times. And, the, and you know, every, uh, there's a lot of talk about this move from the third dimensional reality into a fifth dimensional reality. And the, the clarity of the heart um, is absolutely going to be our way shower through that. Mm. And, and if we've still got issues, if we've got unresolved stuff, it inhibits the heart energy. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting you mention all this about the heart because the meditation practice that I do, um, it's all about, it's a heart-centered meditation. And it's mm -hmm. all about the heart instead of the head. And, and mm -hmm. it's all about the fact that the seat of divinity is in our heart. And the, you know, the Gita says that, uh, well, the Lord says, I'm in the heart of every created being or every mm -hmm. created thing, actually. 
Um, so it, it really is about the heart. Now, you were talking about finding, you know, you can sort of find this negative energy inside of people and help clear it out. Is there a way to avoid accumulating this negative energy in the first place? Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's actually about dealing with our own you know trauma it, it you know when when something's when something's happened where there's an energy charge on it for us it's a, you know it's a way shower the our bodies are um a very fine tool for us really you know i'm i mean i know in the early years of meditation i mean you know for me it was more about getting out of the body rather than being in it <laughs> um just because you know i too had got a, a trauma story from my childhood and you know, it, it, we we find ways in which we can avoid having to deal with things. But you know, this is a time when there is an instant reaction to something, and it's about time of speaking our truth. When we're able to to to, to verbalise what's going on for us, all things change. You know, it's only when we, we you know we run pleaser patterns or. You know, we've, we run victim patterns that we have an, an emotional charge as an experience, but we swallow it down. Mm. We don't actually tell people how we really feel about something. Um, you know, and that's a, a pattern of, of, of wanting to stay safe and loved. Mm. And the more we are able to be truthful about how we feel about something, the lighter our journey. And, you know, in the, in the Egyptian pantheon, um, Anubis weighs the heart against a feather at the time of death, and and I really feel that we're being asked to have light uh, hearts that are as light as feathers. Mm-hmm. And if we have, you know, we know when 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 we've been with someone, we said, oh, you know, he's really heavy-hearted, yeah, well, or cold-hearted, or something. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know, this this place of light-heartedness allows us to be playful with life, right. Yeah, lightheartedness. That's what, again, the meditation practice I do is all about that as well. Yeah. Are you familiar with uh, all this talk about the heart? Are you familiar with the heart math? Uh, yes, folks? I am. Yeah, yeah. and and Howard Martin. Yeah. Okay. Um, have, okay. So, have you worked with those guys at all, or talked with them, or met them, or um, just read the book, maybe? No, I haven't. I, all I have is a, a, a connection whereby you know their their global coherence. Um, piece comes in for me on the on the on the website oh okay yeah. okay yeah because i i'm getting their emails as well mm-hmm. and i actually read part of that book the heart math mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting i mean for the folks who have not read it it's basically a lot of uh research about the heart how the heart is really mm-hmm. our brain like our brain isn't really our brain our the, our brain is in our heart type thing among many other things and i think yeah i think um <laughs> I think Dan Winter and the HeartMath guys were working together way back when, but then something happened and yeah. and all that. So, <clears throat> so that's very interesting to me, though, because I agree. Every, it's all coming back to the heart, mm. and um, it's so helpful in everyday life. But it's absolutely vital when it comes to our spiritual progress, right? I mean, mm. with all this, if someone has negative energy in their body, I mean, they can't be really light and playful, right? Absolutely not. And 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 I think the other really interesting thing is that in my experience of working with the roses and working with this geometry of the golden mean, what happens is that th- there is a, a particular frequency that starts to generate with the heart and the heart becomes golden. 
And when the heart becomes golden, you you then can expand that out to create the golden light body. Well, you, you know, when you're in that place, A, you know, you can't get sick. It is not possible. It's not possible. And also that vibration of gold in the field means that you, you can cope and tolerate much better with, with, you know, sick buildings or difficult people around you because you're vibrating at a higher frequency. You know, energy flows from high to low. So the more you can deal with your own stuff, the more you can uh, put good food into your body, high frequency food that, that is actually supporting your body to be in its in its highest vibration. You know, stuff coming to you. I mean, you know, some people say, oh, you know, I'm under attack. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, people send negative stuff to me. Well, you know, if your heart's good and clear, there's nowhere for it to land. Mm. You know, it. You know, anything that's coming to you just flows off the side of the auric field. It's just, it's, it's like water off a duck's back, I guess. Wow, I love that uh, that visual, right? Yeah. That analogy is really great. Uh, okay, we're going to take one more quick break, and we'll be right back um, with the Mystic Show. Right. Thank you to Tool for that little piece of music, and we have to we have to turn that down before it gets really heavy. Actually, that's a song that gets really heavy. But Sandra, have you heard of the band Tool at all? I haven't. No. You should one. you should see this this vi- I'll, we'll talk about it after the show because <laughs> I want you to see this video. But um, it's called Lateralis. The song is called Lateralis. And have you ever heard of Alex Gray, yes. the artist? Yes. Yes. He he does a bunch of Tool's artwork. So and and the lyrics of Tool are all about you know, the shadow and aliens transformation. Every it's it's just tremendous. But they're really a heavy band. I mean, like, like really heavy. Like like not not. They don't curse and every, oh he curses sometimes, but it's not like angry. But it's just heavy. So yeah. anyway, you're listening to the Mystic Show, and maybe uh, Maynard from Tool is a mystic. I'm not, I think he is, although he owns a wine farm. And I know most mystics don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, do you know, I've, I was talking with someone quite recently about this whole thing of about wine and, and drinking, you know, and, and alcohol it, it, when, you're, when you're working with spiritual practice. And there was a really nice piece because, you know, I, I do like the occasional glass of rosé bubbles, <laughs> and, which you would expect, wouldn't you, with yeah. somebody working with rose alchemy. And, um, you know, th- this whole thing of, of sort of Prosecco or, or sparkling wine or champagne is only st- is only ever drunk in celebration. You would never drown your sorrows in a bottle of champagne, would you? Right. So, you know, that I thought that was a really nice piece, that the, that sort of lightness, that sort of celebration, that sort of joy energy that's encapsulated in, into the sparkling wines or into the champagnes is a different frequency to, you know, wine or beers or spirits. I it just felt interesting for me. Yeah, that is interesting. I remember when I first started meditating more than 10 years ago, 
I um I used to drink at the time a little bit, mm-hmm. not you know mm-hmm. crazy, but um and part of the practice I do is something called the cleaning, and we do it at at the end of every day, or after our work is done, and um so I I happened to drink a little bit, and then I sat down to do my cleaning, and it just wouldn't work, <laughs> and 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 I yeah. Yeah, so this you know this, these are the mistakes we make. Yeah. So I went to my local prefect, my local teacher helper, and I said, "So how does alcohol fit into a spiritual practice?" And he basically told me that um, alcohol, you know, creates an intoxication, which we all know. He said, "But but true spirituality, and really, when you meditate, you actually create you're creating a really fine intoxication of sorts." And he said that the the alcohol intoxication sort of like just overrides the spiritual one and kind of like negates mm. it. So he said, he said, ah, it's really not you know not recommended. And and so then for the next uh, seven eight weeks, I didn't think of anything. I didn't decide to quit. I didn't think anything. Seven eight weeks went by, and I realized I had not drank in seven or eight weeks. I didn't mm. even know it. Yeah. It just was gone from this cleaning process he just cleaned it out and it was like it's just not there mm. i know when when you know working with clients that um that that drink um there's there's certainly um a sort of a sludge that sits around the back heart chakra mm. so there is a contamination that that goes on mm. Mm. And so let's uh I, I was interested you we were talking earlier about uh your programs that you've been running on this trip and apparently the the topic of finance has come up a lot well, it has, and I, I think that the, you know the thing is that that we where we're in this sort of shifting time where there's a, a rebalancing of of masculine energy, masculine feminine energies in the body, you know we're, we're beginning to identify these places where where we've got a bit like a leaky bucket, mm-hmm. you know this base second chakra um, energy that that you know again we we can store uh, wounding in especially if we've been violated any in any way. Um, and or not um, not affirmed, you know. If if from from younger years that we, we we've not been affirmed and um, we haven't been able to find a place of validating ourselves, or if there's anywhere in which we struggle with self love, you know, this seems to be a marker for identifying where we 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 leak energy to people to experiences, um, and. The, the the rose and and working consciously with making sure that we we have a very good vessel in the body, you know. Um, for as much as our hearts are open, it, um, it shifts the the energy on the crown. We have to have a heart that's open that creates a vessel for this divine energy coming down through the crown to land and to be able to have a place. But you know, from that, we need to be able to take that energy down into the body. And that's the piece, you know, it's all, it's from the, from the heart down that we store our shadow stuff and the stuff that's more difficult for us to deal with. And that next chalice is that chalice that sits um, in, in that base second chakra. And, you know, if we're leaking energy to not worthiness or a belief system that we don't deserve to hold money, or there's a even if there's a family pattern of giveaway, mm. you know, that will will corrupt the ability to actually be able to hold money. Mm. So it's a it's you know when when I'm working in the classes, whether I, when I'm working with pranic healing, it's about identifying that. So if somebody presents with that as a 
uh, as something they want to work on, there's very definite tools that we can use to support and change that energy. Mm. And interestingly, the rose that sits on the second chakra, or both of them actually, base and second chakra, are just like cups. They're, they're they're very well formed, very fleshy roses that have that form real um, stable vessels, and you know again you come back down to this sort of thing like Maslow's triangle, you know unless you've got that base plate of life in place that that that, that stable foundation, it's very more much more difficult to be altruistic and spiritual hmm. because there's nothing that's holding that that upward journey you know safe. Right. It re- reminds me of uh, this craze in the physical uh, training in the last how many years about strengthening your core, you know, all the core muscles around your waist and your stomach. Those are like the uh, the base of everything else in our body. And I, I know I need to strengthen my core. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to ask my brother. My brother's a he owns a gym. It's like a strength training gym. He, mm. he knows a lot about that. I'll ask him. But I wanted to ask you, uh, Sandra, about your book. You said you're working on a book. I am. Um, the, the, the roses have got a very rich path. I mean, they've, they've woven their way right through from the temples of Isis, through the Essenes, through the Cathars, through the Sufi mystics. And, you know, so much of the Magdalene stories in the south of France and the Book of Love are all um, connected in to the story of the rose. So I've, I've been working with that and and I've been up to Rosslyn Chapel in Scotland, down to Chartres Cathedral, down into Rennes-le-Chateau and Montségur in France and just tracking out the stories and understanding too, you know, that, I mean, little things like, um, you know, in the Essene communities on the, on the, in where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in Qumran, you, you know, the, the women were, were taught in circles of 12 and they were called the Order of the Blue Rose. So this rose, you know, weave has, has come all the way through here. And, and so the book is actually working with that and then um, understanding and explaining how I've come to work with the rose mm. and what my connection is and how how the information, because much of the information that I've had around the rose has been channeled information. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, mm. it'll be a rich, rich weave. That sounds great. A little bit about the history throughout uh, time of the rose, of your experience. And when you say a lot of the information came to you through channeling, was that purposeful channeling or just kind of came came from the universe or somewhere? Well, when I started working with the roses, um, as I say, in that little voice that went off in my head, um, from there on, I've I've made time to sit quietly in the mornings and just listen, just just expand my hearing out to listen. And what's been very interesting is when I first started working with this work, work, the, the, the... the words that I was getting in the mornings with, with writing were, were from a group that were called themselves the Sisterhood of the Rose. So they were working on the higher planes and they were, they were guiding this work and this time of where the feminine energy, the, the, the qualities of the feminine, not necessarily women, but the qualities of the feminine are needing to be honoured and valued um, in both men and women because this is this is the compassionate wisdom that works on the heart solar plexus matrix 
what I found is very interesting. So the the first three years, it was very much guided by a feminine energy. And this year, um, the energy changed on it as we went through 2112. And coming into 2013, the the primary guiding um, voice that I'm hearing for this is, is a group called the Brotherhood of the Rose. And, you know, a lot of the work that women have had to do around healing their wounded places around the masculine have come in as an archetype. So it's, it's you know, by being born as a woman, you've come in with, with um, a memory of the, of the pain of, of how w- women have been marginalised and treated in this last 2,000 years, or the feminine principle, shall we say. And what I've, I'm, I'm beginning to realise is that women have always been the way showers and the seekers of healing but they in turn, as they heal and come into that place of rich compassion, actually offer the gift to the to the, the men around them of being able to come into that sense of feeling. How do I feel about this? I know what my head is saying, but actually, what do I feel about this? Mm. And that's fundamentally unsafe place for most men to be, into that film feeling realm. Um, it, it's not a place of control. Mm. And, and what I've found is that the, the male energy um, tends to, to focus itself either in the head, so in, in analysis and um, decision-making from that place, or in the base chakra, so in action. So th- there's this polarity that goes on. And it's very interesting to me because obviously, you know, working in the, in the fashion industry... In the sort of um, uh, in the eighties and nineties, the women wanting to come into into um, to be equal pillars, if you like, equal pillars to Solomon's temple, mm. um, they 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 chose to move out of the heart and move to the same operating places as the masculine energy, and they you know went to you know shoulder pads and trouser suits and this very. Um, pseudo um, powerful dressing in order to meet men as an equal on the in the boardroom, if you like, mm-hmm. um, and actually the true place of the feminine power is in is in the heart. It's the heart solar plexus. It's a it's a compassionate warrior. It's 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 got a different quality to it. And the more the women are being able to heal these places where they've held anger and frustration around not being seen and not being honoured by the masculine, now comes to a much softer place. And, and there is this huge opportunity for, for the, the men to come into a much better place of considered alignment. And, and, and it's seen in, in what's happening in the environment. You know, there is a, there is a whole movement around the honouring of Mother Earth. And it is Mother Earth. You know, uh, that caring for, for that, that energetic force that nourishes us. Right. Mm. That's our mother. Absolutely. All of us. So this has been great. I can't thank you enough. Sandra Marie Humby, energy alchemist, pranic healer, and the creator of Rose Alchemy, which is just fascinating stuff. Um, thank you, Sandra, for coming on The Mystic Show. Oh, it's been a real treat to be here, Chris. Right? Thank this you. has been great. And um, this show will be up as a podcast. We'll we'll talk about that after the show. But um, I want to thank you, the listener, for listening in. And uh, 
I hope you heard a lot of things that you can um, take with you. And also, as you move through your day, you know, maybe utilize some of these concepts. Maybe relax and, uh, you know, go inside a little bit. Um, Yes, Sandra? I was just going to say, stop and smell the roses. (laughs) Perfect. All right. So that's, that's what you can all do today. Stop and smell the roses. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. And, um, and as always, keep shining. <laughs>